0: That's how you're going to get experience as a realtor. That's how you're going to make money. And that's how you're going to be successful.
1: So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn and my name is peter michael welcome to elite agent secrets
2: hey guys what's going on welcome to another episode of elite agent secrets today i'm joined by emma lefkowitz now she is the team lead for the baron team which is a small and powerful team of professionals now she's also supported by her director of operations ryan t they are ranked in the top one percent of realtors and actually. They are number seven out of 29,000 agents in San Diego County, with over 150 transactions per year, exceeding over 200 million in sales. Now, the Barron team has a very unique strategy and cutting-edge proven systems in place to allow them to navigate the entire market of San Diego and be extremely, extremely successful, which is why today we're going to cover geographic farming and topic number one, branding and layering in topic number two. And we're going to bring it home with listing attraction techniques for the win. So guys, help me welcome Emma to the show. How are you today?
0: Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: Yes. I'm excited to have you on here as well because we build our businesses in completely opposite ways. Um, And I always talk to my coach and we talk about listings, listings, listings which is going to be our topic number three. So before we get there, let's take a step back. Take us back to day one. How long ago was it and why you got into real estate?
0: So I am a second generation realtor. I followed my mom into real estate. Um, she was a real estate, is still a real estate broker, um, has been since 1980. And I always thought, you know, growing up, watching the real estate lifestyle that I would never want to be a realtor. So watching her working weekends and nights and running around with the Thomas Brothers guide, you know, she just had this crazy life. And, you know, I can't tell you how many Sundays I spent putting up open house signs for her. And I said, I am never gonna do that. I want the nine to five normal job, normal hours. And that was my intention. So of course, went to school, went to graduate school, worked as a high school counselor for many years. And then when my first daughter was born 18 years ago, my mom said, you know what, you really need a more flexible job, something you can do part-time while you're raising the kids. So why don't you come and be my assistant? I'll teach you how to be a transaction coordinator and just come work with me. It'll be very part-time, right? Because real estate, you can definitely... I do part time. So I started out, I got my license in 2004 and started working in 2005. And I literally started from the ground up, which I cannot tell you, I believe is the best experience to start with the contracts, learning the transaction, learning all the forms, and literally just, you know, worked my way up through the ranks and started selling homes probably 2006 and, you know, five homes a year, 10 homes a year, 20 homes a year until. Um, I really took my business off about 2014. I became a broker, opened my own brokerage, um, and just kind of took it to the next level.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. That's, that's a, wow. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Because you, you, you know, I really command everybody who's a second or third or fourth generation, you know, realtor. And here's what I found. I've interviewed enough of you guys, aka top producers, and every single person who's second, third, fourth, whatever generation, every single one of you said, I never wanted to do that. That's every it. single one. I don't, I I think maybe, okay, Austin corrected. And I hate talking in absolutes because there maybe there's there's somebody's gonna go through the episodes and say there was one person, Peter, and they're gonna message me about it. But all of you, just about, maybe there's exceptions, have always said, hey. I never wanted to do this. I've always helped my parents. I've I seen the long days. And here you are. You know, there's something about real estate that the moment that it pulls you in, this it's is true. Over. It's game over. You know, so
0: it's, it's addicting, right? Like, what other job in the world? And I tell my three children this all the time like, what other job in the world allows you to, first of all, Help people make their dreams come true. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. special, right? And so many of our clients, especially our first-time home buyers, we are literally, like, taking their dream and making it a reality of homeownership. I mean, there's, like, nothing more fulfilling to me. And it's my biggest reason why I do this. Like, it's truly the most fulfilling Thing, to be able to take someone's dream and help them make it become a reality in a very short amount of time. I mean, it's really, it's not like we're helping them get a, you know, graduate degree in physics, like we're literally meeting them and within about six months, we're putting them into a house. So it's pretty cool. And I love that cycle too. Um, and it's just it's really a profit, if you can be successful, right? If you can find the the magic, if you can make it work for you, it can be a very successful, very long career. And there's also not a lot of careers that you can literally do throughout your life where you can, you know, take a step back, move a step forward. It just allows you to have that flexibility. So for me, especially as a mom, you know, raising kids, it's always allowed me the flexibility to if I need to take a day off and be with a sick kid, I can do that. If I need to work on a weekend to make it up that's available. And that's not true in every career that you choose. So there's something really special about real estate. That being said, I don't think it's for everyone. Like, it definitely takes a person who has a certain amount of, you know, energy, ability to be rejected every day. I mean, there's a lot of downs, right? But honestly, I really think it's it's a pretty unique career. And I think that's why there are a lot of second, third, fourth generation realtors, because we get to do what we get to do.
2: Yeah. And I I think the other thing is too, it's, you know, we talk about financial freedom. We talk about scheduling freedom, right? Like the time freedom. And in the beginning, let's just put it out on the record. You're not going to have either of those, but if you're in this for five years or 10 years or 15 years and you quote unquote, just put in the work and don't hope things are going to happen, but you actually work at it. You can have a life That there are very few careers that you can make the money that you make by doing something that gives you the autonomy to have the ability and the ability to really pick, right? Like, I don't know another profession that's not a nine to five show up and do your thing that you can make a hundred or $150,000 by selling in my market,
1: 10 homes a year, or maybe not even, right? Right hey I just wanted to jump in here and let you know if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business then head over to slash partner or you can just click the link in the description below now back to the show
2: so it's I, I think that's really the, the the beauty of our profession now it's not it's not hard but it's also not easy it's simple there's very few things that we need to do every day to keep the business coming One of those things is lead generation. In your case, Emma, it is geographic farming. Topic number one. I know very little about it. I am trying to figure it out. Bring me into your world and the audience. Take us through what your process looks like and why that's been such a big part of your business.
0: Absolutely. So that was actually one of the very first marketing techniques that I learned as a new agent in the business. So my mom was a big farmer. She literally would spend every Sunday morning door knocking, which is such a lost art. And I teach it to my team. We do, we, you know, role play weekly and do scripts weekly. And I teach them how to be effective door knockers, not to just go out and randomly knock on doors, but to actually go pick a farm find one with a great turnover or something in the 4 to 5% if it's available and be strategic. Like whose doors do you want to knock on? Do you want to knock on renter's doors and you know, find those future buyers? Do you want to knock on owner's doors who have been in their home for 30 years and talk to them about downsizing? Let's be strategic. Let's use our title reps as a resource. We have so much information at our fingertips now. The technology has evolved so dramatically that we can be very intentional. So my mom taught me the art of door knocking. To be honest, I absolutely hate it. But it's very effective. And like you said, this job is not easy, but it can be simple. And if you follow sort of the recipe and you pick that one thing that you're going to focus a lot of, you know, 80% of your energy and efforts on, whether it be geographic farming, door knocking, cold calling, you know, whatever that is, you can be wildly successful. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't take a lot of brain power. It just takes commitment and consistency. So those are kind of the big things that we, we talk about here with our team in San Diego is focusing on one thing, being consistent, and continuing to do it for a long period of time. For us, it's been geographic farming. we started with a very small farm, I think it was 200 homes in the area that I live in, and just started marketing two to three times a month, sending postcards, dropping off pieces on their doorstep, being very consistent and very intentional. What's the right message to send them? What's the market doing? And we find the biggest thing people love is market updates. That has been tried and true over 18 years. Everyone wants to know what the value of their home is, even if they have no intention of selling. So that's what we focus our farming on. Um, Now our farm is about 12,500 homes. It's obviously grown over the past nine years since I've been focusing on this one farm. Um, And we pretty much have the entire zip code that we focus on. And we now have started to sprinkle it out into other parts of San Diego because we're using the same recipe of success, finding a place where there's a great turnover and then just dripping on them consistently.
2: Okay. Talk to me a little bit. 12,500 Numbers, right? That's that's where my mind goes. First of all, how did you get to twelve thousand five hundred? What's the frequency? What's the investment? What's your conversion? Yeah. um so, Yeah, you, like I can tell you exactly my numbers on 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 ads, and people are like, "Whoa, those are a little bit high." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's predictable and consistent." So exactly. I'm sure to have your numbers as well. So I would love to understand what that looks like because most people are like two hundred. 400 on the farm you you know so
0: and that's yeah. where you start right you start with what your budget is and i especially when i'm chatting with new agents i always tell them start really small and put in the sweat equity right i don't want them to go spend a bunch of money on fancy glossy magazines and you know really expensive postcards i would rather they actually print a bunch of stuff at home or in their office printer and go out there and actually door knock the farm or just drop door you know drop them off at the doors because you know If you have the time and you're not crazy busy right now, go put in the sweat equity, right? Like don't spend a bunch of money and start small because it's so important to be consistent. So if you can pick a hundred house farm or maybe even a a condo complex, which is great, you know, where you are, where I am, and just go focus on that one condo complex of 200 units, you'll get there much faster and just be consistent. So for us, you know, starting with a couple hundred doors, maybe you're spending a few hundred dollars a month and then you slowly build up. So for us, I mean, our budget now is enormous, but we also sell 150 to 200 homes a year. So we find that with our marketing pieces, we can spend about $10,000 just on print marketing a month. And I'll show you, this is our our latest piece that we sent out for back to school. But we can spend about $10,000 a month on this that goes to 12,000 homes. It's about a do, about almost a dollar a piece. And the return will be at least one, if not two listings, which... So, so, on, the 10, point 000, point.
2: so on the $10,000 investment, you're saying one or two listings, average commission is 10, 15,000?
0: 25,
2: 25,000 yeah wow so you're getting like a almost two and a half x on your money so that makes i would do that all day long
0: right and then the thought is now obviously take it to the next level, expand, expand, expand. So we start small and we did this magazine when we only had you know, 1,000 homes in the farm. And then we've slowly grown it to 12,000 because it's predictable. If you do it consistently, it's predictable. Now, is every month one to two listings? No, of course not. There's some months we don't get any phone calls, but there's some months where we get three. So we know if we continue to be consistent and we get one to two listings a month, we will you know three, four, five X our return on this investment. And like you said, it's a numbers game, right? Like the more, you know, if you know it's predictable and it's going to yield results, it's okay to make the spend because you know you're going to get it back.
2: Exactly. And that's really, that's really what it takes, right? Same, same thing. Like cost per lead is five to ten bucks. I know that I need to do a hundred before I get 20 that will go through the pre-approval for basically get one or two that are actually looking to move within the next 90 days. And it's 1250 bucks and you just slapping the phone until then correct right now as you're starting the farm i guess what are the best practices um like if if i'm a brand new agent like you were i would just join your team and I, i'm spoiled because you're spending a lot of money on on farming right you're getting a lot of pieces out there but where, where do i start how do i find the geo farm i think that's question number one Question number two, what am I sending? Is it a market update? Is it a mailer? What does it look like? And question number three, what's the follow-up? Or, aka, am I doing it every month? Am I doing it every week? Am I doing it once a quarter? What's the frequency?
0: Right. And that's the cadence is super important. So what we know, what we've learned from our experience is ideally you're touching your farm two to three times a month. For the first six months. Ideally, you're doing three times. Then you can scale back to two times. So I'm pretty much at two times mailing. And then usually an additional one piece that gets dropped on the door. Or they're getting emails from me. Or they're seeing me on social media, right? And that's kind of topic number two, layering and branding. But for cadence, it's really important. So you really want to make sure you're being consistent. Start bigger, and then you can go smaller. You can't stop that so important if you stop another realtor is going to come in and start picking up where you left off so you know if your clients aren't calling you to list their home that's your fault right like if, if you're seeing other people's signs popping up in the farm it's you're not trying hard enough that's if i see a sign in my farm i go bananas right so we have about 45 percent market share in our farm and if and so i would love to have that be like 70 percent. i mean it should be higher It's always those onesie twosie agents that pop up that are like out of area and I get so upset. So that's my fault. That means I'm not doing a good job of staying in front of my farm. So two to three times a month, ideally mailer or door drop, it should be at their door. It can be in their screen. It can be in their mailbox. However, you get it there. Obviously, EDDM is your friend. So every door direct mail, you can save a lot of money if you can use that postal service mailer. Still effective. And um, we do we usually do first class mail. So this piece is first class mail because it's um, it's a little magazine and we find that it's very effective to get in their mailbox and on the top, not with the mailers. And what were the other questions? So you asked me, how do you pick a farm? One of two ways. You either pick it because you live there and you know it like the back of your hand. So, you know, the market, you can speak to the schools, you know, where the coffee shop is, you know, where the dry cleaners are. That's number one. But if you don't have good turnover where you live or you don't want to sell homes where you live, then the second way to pick a farm is talk to your title officer, find out how many homes have sold in different pockets of your neighborhood and pick the one that has the highest turnover. So we don't have a lot of inventory. No, you probably don't in Florida right now either. So exactly. that's been a tough one. It used to be if you could find a, a geographic spot that had five to six percent turnover, that was amazing. Now we're lucky if we get 4% turnover in a neighborhood. If it's 3% or less, it might not be worth spending a lot of money, on it, right? Like you really need to pick a neighborhood where people are moving. So whether you pick a condo complex or you pick a you know smaller home community that you anticipate people are going to want to move to bigger homes, or you pick a exclusive neighborhood of big homes where you assume people are going to be moving to smaller homes. So some of that information you can get online as far as what's the demographic of the neighborhood. If there's a bunch of people living in homes that are, you know, 70 year, you know, age 70 plus, and you assume those people are going to be downsizing or moving into retirement communities, that's a great target audience. So you kind of got to find the niche that works for you and your market and then start small because you have to be consistent and it has to be in your budget.
2: That's really important. Okay, so so I have a question for you. Yeah. What if, and I would love to hear your opinion. There are two schools of thought that I've been seeing um, either throughout the office or just to some of my colleagues. Some of them are saying, hey, focus on the average price point in your area. Those houses that are literally moving and grooving, they're, they're not really sitting on the market, right? So like if I'm in Boca, if you got a house for 500, 600 grand, that thing is off the shelves like freshly baked bread at 7 a.m. you know wow. um however i would like to brand and we'll dive into that in just a second and go after higher end price points because our average our actual average price point in boca is like 850 848 but right? let's just round it up right at the time of this recording it's 850 that's no small change um and they move, but they move slower, right? Like a $500,000 property, you can list it on a Wednesday. You have an open house Saturday, Sunday. You are under contract on a Monday, right? right. Like five or seven days. That That's if you're doing a shit job and that is, right? Because you should probably have offers before that. The other ones, they're going to move probably like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And once you start going like, million and a half cuz really my my market is not as price sensitive which makes me really really spoiled so like 850 to 1.5 like those are regular transactions so while those number of transactions are down year over year month over month they're continually going up right which is really important to actually understand your market and the statistics behind it so would you focus i gave you context would you focus on those 500 600s or would you focus on those eight hundred fifty million million twos um, because the cost to send out the mailers is literally the same
0: right right that's true so it depends if if you were an agent on my team i would say peter this is your first year in real estate you're just starting out your goal is to get experience through transactions, right? That's how you're going to get experience as a realtor. That's how you're going to make money. And that's how you're going to, you know, be successful. Your job is to start at the lowest price point that you see the highest turnover and do as many as you can. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, right? Like that that would be my goal for you as a newer agent. Mm -hmm. Now, once you get comfortable and you're selling 10 to 15 homes at that 500 to 600 price point, and those are... They turn over faster, so you will have more success quickly, which early success, in my experience, is the best way to create a successful long-term career, right? The realtors who sell a home within their first 90 to 180 days on my team are the ones who end up being the top producers on my team over two to three years. The ones who it takes a year to sell their first home usually get discouraged and often will leave the market. So I want you to be successful quickly. I know you're going to have more success and build trust quicker with those younger, less experienced home sellers or home buyers, I want you to start with the smaller, less expensive homes. Now, once you've got that rolling and you're finding success and you've built up a farm of 200 or 300 to 500 homes at that 500 to 600 price point, now let's graduate. Let's add a second farm at a higher price point because we know the way to make more money long-term in real estate is to up your price point. That's a great way to make you know increase.
2: less less, less transactions higher volume absolutely
0: so that would be the second farm to me and don't leave your first farm because you're hopefully having success there let's add a second farm of another 500 homes in a more expensive neighborhood with an average price point of you know 850 to a million so now you're reaching out to more home sellers but you've already built up a great amount of experience transactions reviews all of the good things that will help you to now list those million dollar homes up your price point, up your commissions, but that you can't jump into that, right? Like if you try to start there, first of all, it takes longer, right? Cycle time. So even if you get one listing, it might take you three months to sell it or six months to sell it. It's going to be a slower period of time to ramp up success. So Again, start small, start with the lower price point. You're going to have you're going to feel more comfortable as a newer agent. And then as you get to be that more experienced agent three to five years in the business, then you take on that higher price point farm. I feel like we've seen a lot of agents in San Diego who jump in at the higher price point right away because they want that higher commission check. But what they don't know is those are more experienced home sellers and more experienced home buyers at that higher price point who have a higher expectation of their realtors. And it's very hard to break in at that higher price point. So I always suggest for our newer agents to pick that lower price point to start with for their door knocking or their farming so that they can find people who will know, like, and trust them quicker and have a quicker success rate.
2: Yeah, that is it. I, I, yeah, it does. It does. I and I think you're right on. Like, have I seen successful people who are brand new in the business come in and sweep the floor on higher price points? Absolutely. But they're they're a little bit special. There's something about them, right? It's a very small percentage. And I think people are like, well, they did it. I'm like, yeah, but you got to be real with yourself you don't have what it takes you have to build into and become the person to really have that journey and that's just the truth
1: thanks for listening to this episode if you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business then head over to com slash partner or you can just click the link in the description below